Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and joining me today is Nat from our last episode. Hi. And we have another new member of the podcast. Say hello to everyone, Jimin. Hi. I'm saying that right, right? Yes. It's yeah. Jimin. Okay, but it's with the E, mm-hmm. not I. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Jimin. And is there anything that you like to say? Just introduce yourself. Tell us about your interests, your interest in K-pop, anything like that. Um, well, uh, stand shiny, stand talent. That's all I got to say. All right. Okay. You heard it. All right. Uh, thank you for joining, joining <laughs> us. And... Um, um, before we get started, I do want to say that we are still running our um, BTS um, album um, giveaway. Um, so that's now running until the 17th. And we are giving away one, um, it is now one copy of BTS um, tier album. And um, what is it called? I'm sorry. It has slipped my mind. BTS. Love Yourself Tear. Love Yourself Tear. Love Yourself Tear. I'm sorry. I have a brain fart. Love Yourself Tear. Um, and we are giving away one copy of that um, to a lucky entrant. And we are running that set again until the 17th. So um, you can go onto our Facebook, our Twitter, or... Um, Log on, send us an email um, to notyouraveragenetizens.gmail.com and we'll give you the link and go on to and enter that way. And it's just as easy as one click on to our Rafflecopter app and you will have an entry. And then at the end of those um, couple of weeks, we'll do a random draw and whoever gets drawn gets the CD. Simple as that. So, um, before we get started, did you guys come across any interesting K-pop stuff in the past week or so? Um, not really. Uh, just, uh, obviously, BTS continuing to break records. And um, with their well, awesome yeah, LG with, commercial, with them all speaking yeah. perfect English. That yes. comes on in front of any K-pop video I watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much going to be guaranteed at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, Momo Land is coming back, so I'm excited to see the follow up to Boom Boom. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just to see if they can keep that momentum going, because mm-hmm. it was a huge, like I think it was personally the biggest hit for like a girl group this year so far. But we'll see. Definitely. Um, I think most of the other stuff is stuff we're going to be getting to. So I don't want to like jump the gun here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. But it's yes. But that's the only thing that really sort of stood out to be so far this week. Okay. Definitely. Definitely looking forward to um, Momo Land's follow up. That's a lot of pressure for our rookie group um, yep. for them because Boom Boom is one of those viral hits that is really hard to reproduce. So we'll have have to see how they do with their follow-up um so let's get started so um pigs can fly like hell has opened up is frozen over 
because Blackpink is coming back and they have a mini album. It has four different songs. Yes, they are having a comeback. Um, their new mini album is called Square Up and they have four new songs. Their title track is um, Doo 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 Doo. I don't know how that's going to go because we have not heard the song yet. So if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. Um, then their other three tracks are Forever Young, Really, and See You Later. And they're all produced by Teddy, of course. And in the past few days, we've been seeing uh, little teasers from each uh, member, um, presumably with the title song playing in the background, but we don't know for sure. Um, and I think we've seen all the members so far. Yes. I don't know if Lisa, yeah, Lisa's come Lisa, out. Lisa's last. It came out like a couple of days ago. Okay, uh, I thought all of them had come out. Yeah. Um, and we did hear a snippet of the of the title. I think it was like the same snippet for Jisoo and Rose, and then the okay. same snippet for Jenny and for Lisa. Okay. Uh, but snippets don't tell us anything. So. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like, I wasn't yeah. sure if that was all the same song, because sometimes with yeah. Teddy, you can't tell. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of. I'm curious to see what, I mean, it's still YG, so I'm curious to see what he's going to do. Um, I'm not really a Blackpink fan, so I'm not really, like, excited, but I do want to see if they'll surprise me in any kind of way. I will believe that they are having a comeback when I see the music <laughs> video, because I All do of the not promotions haven't, haven't convinced you yet? I do not trust that company. Okay, so <laughs> it's just gonna and, cancel in the middle of it. And honestly, like they've been out for like what two years, and they have four, or five songs, and they're dropping a mini album. Like, well, are I, you serious? I <laughs> told, I said the last the last episode. I said I feel like this has been brought on because Idol, um, and I mean, um, Cubes group. Idol, La Tata yes. Idol, has come out and has done really well and has been compared to Blackpink and has been stealing some of Blackpink's fans. And like no less than a week after Idol started winning I, the music award shows, we hear that Blackpink is coming back with new music, with four new songs. And I don't feel like it's a coincidence. Mm. And, you know, that's just me. You know, some people feel like, oh, well, he's been planning. Maybe why she has been planning it. Maybe he has. But I just feel like, you know, he's so weird about this stuff. I don't feel like it's a coincidence that, you know, his insecurities maybe would be like, well, you know, I'm so then black people come back and, you know, because I feel like that's the only time he feels he has, he's weird about when he he likes to debut his girl groups, which he's only had two of. But, you know, it feels like, you know, it feels like he only brings them out when he's got to prove something. So I feel like, you know, with Idol, you know, making all of this, Blackpink getting in some of, into some of the news about them, it's just like a dog whistle. And he hears it and he's like, oh, God, you know, Blackpink's in somebody else's news stories. I got to bring him back out again, sort of deal. I don't know. That's just my wild conspiracy theory. But <laughs> I, I, that's that's what I like to believe. So that that's me. 
So I think they are actually going to have a comeback, but I feel like it's been brought on by maybe because I I don't think with you know BTS out here and all these other groups out here that this is not typically time to that YG typically yeah. he likes to usually bring out his groups when there's nobody else around to to maximize their music show wins. It's a really kind of awkward time for them to come back as well. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe they'll maybe we'll see actually some the one thing that has always irritated me about Blackpink is, is I feel like and it's kind of unfair because there's the whole two and one comparison and I don't like to compare them to two and one because I don't see I mean people see them as a replacement to anyone but I feel like they aren't they're really only two and one in the sense that they get some of their songs but they're not it's only in on in the like Vegas sense that they're like two and one. Otherwise, like they don't have any of their like energy or their originality or any of that. And I would like to see something like original, something interesting come from that group. And I don't know, just something. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme or that gif where those girls all do the hair toss from Bumbaya and they all do it. And Jenny, like, kind of tosses her head. Like, she gets as far as, like, tilting her head to the side and just goes, like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to finish it. And just kind of, like, goes off and just doesn't even do the rest of it. <laughs> and like people have done like a bunch of different like memes for that like one gif like you know me during a group assignment or something like that that was one of the like you know memes for that but you know it's just show me some effort ladies show me something i'm just i i you know just give me a reason to like you and not feel guilty about liking some of your songs. Just that's that's all. That's all I ask. That's it. I do think they are, um, or they were meant as a replacement for uh, Twenty One, um, just because of the fact that it was like four girls, two main singers, one rapper singer, one rapper. It kind of like like you could. In the beginning, too, I could hear, like, um, Ciel and Dara and all those girls in the place of Blackpink. And obviously, it was more like 21, like, in the beginning of their career before they had more creative control over what they wanted to do. And I do agree that the diff the major difference between the two is that, like, 21 doing, was doing something that was unique to them as a group. Like, I guess because they weren't sort of, like, con considered traditionally pretty and because, you know, they weren't all, like, great dancers and things like that, they had to they had to decide what their strongest point was going to be and sort of maximize on that. And that's why you have these four, like, really strong, really um, passionate, like, women on stage who could kind of, like, you know, dominate 
in the field that they were in at the time because you know they had this belief in the strength in themselves blackpink doesn't have that and i mean they're young girls like they're not gonna have that right off the bat so i'm not like blaming them or anything like that for it but the obviously like the big difference is that when 21 came out they like kicked the door open when blackpink came out they kind of like shimmied through it you know and it yeah. it did take me a while to kind of get into them i mean the music itself like it's all made by teddy so i mean i'm going to like it gashina was made from from teddy and heroin to from like singing like big bang stuff like i this is music that i love like say what you want about yg and yge they make good music personally that's how i feel about it so mm-hmm. i'm gonna like it regardless but in terms of black pink and sort of like the comparisons and whether they hurt or they help the group i think it's a bit of both i think the fans of 21 for the most part like they were easily absorbed into black pink and to into their fan base right um and the fact that you know like they're the sort of representative girls sort of puts them in that spot and it's really interesting that you mentioned that like yg doesn't like to drop people when you know, there's big competition because that's what he did with Icon. And I mean, Love Scenario is a great song, which is surprising because I don't think Icon really has a lot of good songs. But <laughs> um, Love Scenario came out when nothing else was out at the time. And mm-hmm. so they kind of like, I mean, and not to take away from them, because as I said, Love Scenario is a good damn song, but they didn't have the competition really to sort of like, com- to have really anything in their way. So of course they were, you know, like, packing all over the place and like you know number one winning all these awards and stuff like that because they didn't have much competition but with the girl groups i feel like 21 when they dropped music a lot of the times they dropped hot music when they were competing with other girl groups like oh, I yeah remember, they would compete with snsd and, and for a minute yeah mm-hmm. and yeah because i remember when they dropped um come back home their full album after like forever it felt anyways and it was dropped exactly at the time that Mr. Mr. dropped by SNSD. And it was like this huge like competition time, right? And for a minute also dropped um What Are You Doing Today? No, one of those songs. I can't remember. And so like mm-hmm. I feel like he treats his girl groups different than he treats his boy groups. With his boy groups, it's always kid glove and he lets them have more free reign versus his girl group where it's always like sort of like he dictates them so much. To the point where like it hurts them in the end that's what happened to 21 and i feel like that might also happen to blackpink mm. but i will wait and see what the song if it drops and what the song's like <laughs> and <laughs> i i think i'll like it though i've liked everything they dropped so far and i like the girls so i'm i'm hoping for the best i'm hoping for some other k-pop music to drop so that i can hear less about specific other groups <laughs> specific other group. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I mean, that always happens, so you won't have to worry about that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, good thing for um Blackpink's fans is they'll at least have four more songs to listen to other than the same five that they've been listening to for how many years now. Um, really they should have an entire album out at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know. YG. So, um, looking forward to that. Another girl group um, that is highly anticipated that is rumored to be debuting in August, Luna, um, had their showcase fan meeting lining up in Korea 
um, that was um, just for their fans. And they, it was, uh, you know, kind of an intimate showcase and all 12 of the girls performed together for the first time. Um, and there were some videos, of course, people weren't supposed to take video, but of course people found a way of um, different performances. And of course, I think there's official video out now too of the girls performing as 12 um, by the actual company at this point. But before that, there was fan cams as well of the girls. Um, and they just are performing, by performing, I mean, they're just dancing to like this background music and they, you know, dance a little bit, um, do some moves there, kind of inappropriate for some of the girls' ages. Um, But they do some dancing and then some twerking and then they pose together and they're wearing black and then that's Luna. Um, so some people were really hype over that. Um, I know Gigi, Luna is like her group. Yeah. Um, she was really hype over them, uh, the last episode. Um, but I didn't really hear, um, what anyone else has to think about Luna. I'm intrigued to be honest. I just want to know what they're going to sound like as 12. Um, just because the whole subunit thing is been, it's a really unique idea and they've all had you know some of them had wildly different sounds um so to me it's like i'm really kind of interested to know how all their sound as an entire group is going to be like how they're going to be able to promote them as an entire group of 12. um what do you guys think uh well i mean i like luna i've sort of been listening to them from the beginning Cause I was, I think I was like still sort of writing here or there about K-pop at the time. And I was like, oh, these mm-hmm. girls, this group has like this really interesting concept and like they're dropping solos and the solos are so diverse. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like it, the concepts fit them individually, but I couldn't really wrap my head around like all 12 of them getting together on the song and like sort of making it something that would be standard I guess or like symbolic of Luna the group versus you know like Chu and like Yves and like all these other different like members so it is going to be really interesting to see how that works um I do agree about the video like I saw the the performance that they gave and I it felt more like um the Kim Lip Cherry Jin Soul um sort of subunit that they did, odd is it odd eyed circle, um, than than anything else that any of the other girls have been doing. Besides Olivia He, um, it felt like sexy and just like a bit more grown than sort of like the younger girls that they had in the group. So I hope that's not what the 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 debut sort of group chat uh, track is gonna be like. Um, sure. but at this point, like, you know, sexy does sell a lot of the times for or like lolita sort of concepts sell really well for a lot of these like groups so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if that's the route they're gonna go what i'm hoping though is like when they do drop the album hopefully it's a full album and hopefully they have not just luna tracks they they still all have like individual tracks on it as well or like some yeah. kind of stuff and just sort of yeah. to keep that engine yeah. kind of moving 
Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I think it's going to be something we're not expecting. And I think that's what's going to draw more people in. And I hope that their fan base does grow so that they start competing at the level of like, you know, some of like the bigger groups, more established mm-hmm. group, because they, they've been busting their ass for over a year. Yeah, and they've been getting a lot of international attention as well. The obviously Luna XY XY is it? Um, they had yeah. yeah, they had Grimes in their recent um, yeah, and as part of their um, single. And there have been you know a few other Western artists that have mentioned Luna, and they have pretty solid international fan support. I think so. Um, that doesn't usually now that doesn't usually translate to solid album sales, but I mean that might help them in the long run. I mean, I think their fan meeting did pretty well in Korea, so um, you know it's it's kind of hard to tell at this point, but yeah, like I said, it's an interesting experiment to kind of see you know something like this that has been going on for so long (laughs) you know what is going to be the outcome of it so interested to see um any other thoughts on luna no okay yeah okay um our next uh my next story that i've got here um it's kind of just an interesting little tidbit about snsd and an interview Hyoyeon um, gave recently about being SNSD Center. And um, it's from a comment she made on the TV show Secret Sister. And um, we all know kind of this whole K-pop term of being the center of a group, meaning that you are the you know focal point, you're kind of the the main, um, you know, person to kind of get the CFs and you're kind of the face of the group. If you're the center, um, you, you know, you're, you're kind of the most, you know, the MVP, right? Um, so Hyoyeon said on the TV show that my trainee years were really long, seven years, basically. So I dreamed a lot about my debut. Because of that, I cried a lot after my first debut stage. Um, they mentioned that she said that they practiced into a new world for one year, 10 hours every day. So I mentioned it's, I don't know if it was during our MV watching or earlier this episode that I mentioned that they practice like 10 times a day. And I'm not that far off <laughs> when I said that because yeah. that is crazy. Um, And then she says that um, because of the big picture of the agency and since Yuna is pretty and tall, she became the center. Every person had their own role and position. Before my debut, I thought I was the best. So at the time, it was difficult for me to accept that I wasn't the center. Because of that, it was really difficult. But I thought that someday people will see me even when I'm standing on the side. And then she said, the job of a celebrity is something everyone can comment on. And you have to hear things you don't want to hear. And sometimes you don't hear things you want to hear. In the beginning, it's hard to control your emotions. And then she mentions that, you know, it was kind of difficult for her in the beginning. And, you know, riding her bike kind of helped her 
um, kind of ease her emotions and that sort of thing. Um, you know, basically what we kind of already know about idle life being extremely difficult. But what about this whole center business? I mean, we know Yuna was the center in the beginning, um, and she's made bukus of money for SM. Um, and yeah, and you know, I read some of the netizen comments for the article, which were a mistake about Kyoyan and. Um, how in the beginning, you know, people were very kind of rude about her looks and um, how she was kind of not the um, ideal image or whatever for um, an idol at that time. And um, just, you know, and of course, you that is or what well, was or still is. I mean, do we have any thoughts on this? The, I mean, what Hyunyeon said as far as, you know, Yuna being the center. And I mean, that's got to be very difficult being in that situation. Um, because, of course, you go into these groups and these are kids and they go into it and they're trying as hard as they can. And you have someone like Hyunyeon who obviously was known for her dancing and was known for being a very good dancer and I think maybe she thought that her dancing would be more showcased. And you think yeah. about SNSD through the years, and they haven't really, I mean, they've done their share of dancing, but they aren't really known for their dances. And Hyun hasn't really had much of a chance to show off really what she knows or what she can do. I think there's, you know, maybe been some times on variety shows and, maybe some special year-end shows where they've done special stages where she's been able to do that. But most of the time for their performances, it's very kind of rudimentary, typical girl group stuff that they've done. Um, so for her to kind of maybe have to dumb down in a way and then watch Yuna kind of take off the spotlight, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I hate to say feel sorry for someone, but it makes you kind of empathize with a person. And we think especially about how young she was and how easy it is to have those kind of emotions, you know, yeah. to kind of hold that in at that kind of age. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys, I don't know if what, how, like when you guys came into K-pop, what, stage SNSD were in as far as if they were already popular or not. So, like, what you guys thought of the members or thought of Yuna or thought of Hyoyeon or... Um, well, <clears throat> because I was a 21 fan, I didn't really get into like, their rival groups until a little bit later. Um, I actually got into um, SNSD through Jessica so that kind of colors a lot of my opinions on the girls oh, and like yeah. a lot of like the the color stuff that Tian has said too yeah. and just like Suyang mm. and things like that has kind of like kind of affected it my relationship with the group in some ways I mean they have good music and I'll never mm. like take that away from them and I don't think like they have bad intentions I mean I don't know them personally but it just seems like more a product of where they're from 
mm-hmm. for a lot of the things that they say and like their ignorance isn't isn't not an excuse but also you, you like if you're gonna try to understand people you have to sort of take these type of things into consideration at the same time mm-hmm. so for me i'm like okay like you know you're from a place where dark skin is seen in a certain way so you're gonna make comments sort of that reflect that it's not right and i would never condone it and you know i will think that you're trash but at the same time you know like i'm gonna understand that that's also a product of where you're from so with that said and done like as i said they have good music and i you know i've i'm a huge fan of their japanese discography especially in terms of this comments and for this member who's never one of my favorites Mm. I kind of looked at it like, well, you're not the best singer. You're not the best rapper. You're not the prettiest girl in the group. Like, there was nothing really outside of your dancing that would have um, put you in this group to begin with. And as you Mm -hmm. said, like, their dancing isn't complex. It has to be more on a basic level because not everybody in the group is a great dancer. So, you know, like, you're not even able to to sort of like represent yourself in with your talent as much because the dancing isn't going to be, you know, showy and it's not going to display your, your talent the way that Yuna's face is going to show hers. And like Jessica and Taeyeon's voices are going to show theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a business. Like she's part of the most like robotic company <laughs> in K-pop. <laughs> so even I have to agree well, with that as a yeah. as a resident shiny. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, what are you gonna expect? You think they're gonna like? You're not making them the money that Yuna's making them. You're not making them the money Taeyeon's making them. Jessica, you know, even Tiffany Shoyun and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, what what do you expect? As you said though, they're young. They were like teenagers when they got um, when they debuted. So like I get it, but also like you have to kind of look at it now as an adult. Like for you to admit it now, I don't know if she was admitting it because she still has feelings about it, or she was trying to like connect to Ian. Because I have been watching the show and I really like the show and the concept and everything. Um, so I have been watching it. Um, so if she's mentioning it now because she's still in her feelings about it, I'm kind of like. You resigned to SME when you had the choice not to. You got to get over it, really. Um, but I also want to like shine a light on the fact that Mindy was not the prettiest girl in her group. She wasn't the, the best singer at the beginning. She wasn't even the best rapper. Mindy now like has an amazing voice because she put the work into it. So not mm-hmm. only is she a great dancer, but she has you know the vocals and the songwriting. And I would say. Toward the end, she was probably the best singer in the group. She was. She was. I would say, yeah. She was mo- the most consistent, like, in terms of her vocals, in terms of her rapping, in terms of her dancing. She was the member there that had everything that you needed. She was, like, a total package. Even Taman, we were talking about Taman earlier. Yeah. Taman was not a great singer coming in. But he is actually, you know, like, he has stepped up vocally throughout the years because he put the work in. I mean, I listened to Sober, I listened to uh, Mystery and, you know, like the the tracks that Hyoin came out with and she hasn't gotten better in my opinion. So 
not putting the effort. Even Yuna has solo tracks that do very well, you know, like yeah. she wasn't a great singer either. <laughs> but I you mean, have to sorry, I mean, like yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm pretty much done here. <laughs> no, I, I just I just have to say my introduction to SNSD was very similar where I my introduction was Taeon's Colors Comets and yeah. um mm. and and so that kind of colored me, you know, do I get into them? That really did color my perspective. Um, and But just, you know, just thinking about her comments specifically and how she felt about like not being the center. Um, everything that Nat said was on point. Like you can't, you really, if you don't have a lot to, if you don't have what that particular company is looking for, at that moment in terms of being the sort of face of the group, then you can't expect to be the face of the group. And um, I'm not, with her looks, I mean, I think that it is what it is, right? You know, that sort of situation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you, if you're dealing with a company like SM that's like notorious for specifically like cherry picking idols, it doesn't matter how trash you are. You could be, I mean, just look at Beckyon. Look at any, look at anybody in EXO. <laughs> you could yep. be the most trash human being on the planet, but if you look nice, I mean, it's gonna get you somewhere in SM. And so I think that it's it's a situation where I can empathize on, you know, how that can affect your self-esteem and, you know, being a young woman and um, feeling like maybe you are left out or you feel like you're not, someone is making you feel like you're not worthy of a, of a spot on the team. I can mm -hmm. empathize with that. But what I can't empathize with is if you're not working on something like you, if you knowingly are with this company and you know what they're going to do and you keep going back to them and I just can't, it's hard for me to like my, my empathy stops at some, uh, my sympathy stops at some point. Um, you have to, uh, you have to find another niche that is for you. You, you, and, and I get that these comments are more so her mind state then, you know, when she was a y much younger. Um, but I think that it's still a situation where, um, you kind of have to roll with the punches. I mean, that's just the industry. I'm not saying it's necessarily right that uh, because someone is quote unquote prettier than you, they got to be the center or whatever. I'm just saying it, it is a business. So that's just my thoughts on it though. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of sympathy for Hyun, but I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as you mentioned, it's like the industry that you're in, like, and it's not just in Korea, everywhere you go, like, we had girl groups, boy groups here, the prettiest, mm -hmm. most attractive members are the ones who are in the front forefront, those are the centers. Yeah. And because you know, quiet like, as it's kept, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily hold the opinion that I think Beyonce is the most beautiful woman in the world, but as quiet as it kept, Kelly Rowland is equally as vocally talented as Beyonce, if not more, <laughs> and, and look at where we are today. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I heard that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want the Bay have going after me, but <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is what uh, it is. But, um, is very talented. <laughs> so is Beyonce, but yep. it's the world we live in. Yeah, 
It is very true. Well, on to the next item. Yubin, Yubin, the queen Yubin, came out with her lady MV and um, I just, I am in love with it. Um, it is I Feel You Part 2. Um, it has a lot of the same aesthetics. Um, we watched the MV together and we had um, a lot of things to say about it. But, um, you know, they, it's got this really great 80s vibe. And I think, I think we all agree that Yubin did really well in kind of um, pulling that off, at least kind of embodying that whole aesthetic and, and pulling that off. And one thing is, I didn't know if you guys knew that Lim is the one doing the the na na nas and the background oh. singing. Yes, it is Lim. Okay. Lim is the one doing the background singing in the song. So that, that is cute. That it is very cute. Um, so she came out with her um, new song this week. Um, no rapping, which was a surprise to us, but. Yes. Um, you know, maybe this is just a new direction that you've been is going in. Was there anything extra that anyone wanted to add that we didn't uh, get to say before about Yubin's song or her image now? No, or what I she's mean, trying to go for? I didn't, you know, like, I wasn't really that into the song itself. But the aesthetics, I will have to say, were pretty on point. Um, very cute. The dancing was cute. I like the like little shimmy thing that she and the dancers mm -hmm. were doing during the na 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 part. Um, I I just uh, I hope that you know with the whole con plagiarism controversy with um, the B single that she was gonna drop that she dropped something else instead. And yeah, it has maybe the same vibe because mm -hmm. I love reboot. Reboot is still like one of the best albums, not just K-pop album, but albums that I've ever heard. It just from beginning if to you end. love 80s music yes, reboot is the album for you if you love carly ray jepson reboot is the album <laughs> for you i mean more people really need to listen to it, it is it is it is 80s perfection is just is it's awesome um speaking of the whole plagiarism scandal jyp um <laughs> Yubin had a um, B-side um, to her solo album called City Woman. Um, she had a B-side called, it was City Love, right? Yes. Yes. And the song was pretty much delayed or I don't know if they're just not going to come out with it at all at this point because of copyright issues, although some people say that it's plagiarism issues, um, because right when her single came out, people are already saying that the song sounded a lot like this other Japanese song that has already been released in JYP issue statement, um, apologizing, I think, about the situation, but not specifically about the issue at hand. And... I think the general um, consensus is that she's probably going to just come out with another single at this point for that B-side. But JYP, get it together, man. Get it yes, together. Please. please get it together. Um, we can't just be taking songs, especially, I mean, the Japanese, if you just look at how 
meticulous they are about keeping stuff off of YouTube that you think you were just going to be able to take one of their songs and just steal it and and use it on. <sighs> okay, so no, no, um, every time I think about JYP, I think of that meme of him as Katy Perry, where he's like, it's his face and then her body. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have I've never seen, seen that. that. I thought yeah. you were totally going to say about the meme of him in the plastic pants. Yeah, oh, the only one. <laughs> but you totally swerved me on that. I have never heard about Katie. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up now. I've never heard of that. That's so funny. But I will say um, that I was on the Reddit page that was, you know, discussing this whole situation. And mm-hmm. I heard the song that was, you know, like, copied, plagiarized, whatever. And it does sound very similar. Similar, But what was more interesting was the fact that somebody had, like, on Twitter had responded to Night Temple, who was the creator of this, the, the Japanese remix or whatnot. And mm. he was like, um, they were like, oh, you know, I, I kind of don't like what's going on, but, you know, I hope that you and Yubin work together so you guys can create some great music because, you know, like, it's her vibe and, like, your music and it's great. And his response was that he had actually... A- then either he approached JYP or J- JYP approached him and mm. they asked for some demos and stuff like that that he did provide and then they sort of just like didn't get back to him or they ghosted him and then all of a sudden Yubin had this music so it looks like it might be even deeper than just like they heard it on the radio or they heard it on YouTube or whatever you know it might be that um and I mean, it happens in a lot of places in a lot of parts of the world where people sort of like give their music hoping for their big break to big companies and big companies sort of just like rework it, you know, take the core concept and rework it and then just sort of use it for their own gain without giving any credit. So it could be that that's also at play here. So it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of turns out um, on JYP's side, especially since JYP is a company that's known for like creativity and like you know then the artists sort of like you know create their own work and JYP himself being sort of like at the helm of like creating some of the music too for these artists so it's not a good look I'm really sad to see Yubin sort of tied up in it yeah and I'm hoping that it's worked out and she drops something else this year that sort of makes up for this whole controversy and I hope it blows up because I think she does deserve it I think she has put in enough work throughout the years and enough great music that we need to see her rise. I agree. I very much agree. And I agree that JYP needs to get it together. Whatever it was that he did to that poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Apologize, JYP. Something. Do something. Okay. Um, Speaking of girl groups, another girl group, I guess we need to, well, I don't think anyone is surprised by this at all, but I guess we should pour one out for them. Um, Nana allegedly, um, well, Nana from After School and Orange Caramel allegedly confirmed what we already knew that After School is donezo. Um, she was at a um fan sign for the makeup line, Korean makeup line Misha, and uh, fan asked her. Uh, Orange Caramel After School is going to come back and she said that the members basically are doing their own thing and so there won't be a comeback from either group and Nana, the fan basically said Nana said my singing career was ended of course 
after school and orange caramel are too. And I guess that made news because Pledis, for some weird, odd reason, has never officially said that after school or orange caramel is done, even though everything pretty much points to them being done <laughs> because their members have pretty much have been doing everything but any active activities in these groups. So yeah. um, I don't think that's anything anyone didn't know. And if I was Nana, I wouldn't go back to those groups either. She's doing absolutely fine, you <laughs> know, doing, having a very lucrative modeling and acting career. So, you know, I wouldn't go back to that either. It's not surprising. I'm sad because I do like <laughs> love, love after school. Um, but it's not surprising, especially after Lizzie decided not to resign with Pledis and she went her separate way because, you know, even though the other members like Junga and like Kai and everybody else and Yuin had sort of left, they were after school, they weren't orange, orange caramel and orange caramel had been active after after school had sort of like taken a break, an unofficial sort of end to that, to that group. Um, so I thought with Lizzie and Reyna still there, that they still had a chance to do some music together. And they were still popular as a, as a group and a concept. But Lizzie leaving put the nail in that coffin for me. And as sad as it yeah. is, I, I don't think After School has been really doing much since after they lost Kahi too. Um, because she was the founder. The group was created for her, right, as a vehicle. Yeah, they kind of went downhill after she left, I feel like. Even though their music didn't necessarily, but the group as a whole, I feel like they just didn't really get as much attention for whatever reason, if it was for her or Pledis just didn't try as hard. I think they lacked leadership. Like, I mean, I know we... Mm. The whole idea of leadership, you know, in Korean groups, because it's so age-based, it doesn't really sort of exemplify the fact that, like, these people should be leaders. But Kahi was always, like, you know, keeping the group relevant in terms of making sure they dropped regular music, making sure they had unique concepts and they were doing things that you're not seeing other K-pop groups doing and keeping them in varieties. She kept them working is kind of the idea. And when she left, you could sort of see the girls sort of like start flittering to different things. And mm-hmm. there was like less focus on the group. I mean, after she left, they only dropped what flashback and um, the pole dancing song, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I remember them dropping like in Korea. I know they had a Japanese album, but like that was it. And if you compare that in how many years to when Kahi was in the group and they had tons of songs, you know, like it felt like without her there sort of keeping that engine going, there was no one else there in Pledis. I don't know. No one knows what's going on there. Apparently they were spending a lot of money when they should have been like. (laughs) That's never good. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, so many second gen groups, especially girl groups have been going bye-bye in the last couple of years that it's not surprising. It's just sad when you see the potential of a lot of these groups sort of like wither away. And you look at all the second gen boy groups that are still alive and active, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go there right now. 
we have another school to stay on but (laughs) for sure (laughs) but um Jimin did you were you an after school fan or did you have anything to say about them um not particularly (laughs) (laughs) okay you have to listen to bang at the very least if you're going to listen to anything from after school Listen to that. Honestly, at the at, at first, this is gonna sound a little bit ludicrous, but at first I was a little bit confused because I was like, wait, are we talking about that cringy show that, that all the asshole girls club? I don't know why that was where my mind went first. And then I was like, oh no, after school. <laughs> well, I mean, one is currently active and the other is not. So I mean, I I don't fault you for thinking of the show first. Okay, so Let's pour one out for after school and orange caramel <laughs> and, and all second gen girl groups. Yeah, it, I mean, like I said, I don't think anybody is particularly surprised that she said that because I think everyone has already moved on. But except for Pledis, since for some reason they won't just announce it. Yeah, but um, just say it. Just say it, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone else has already just kind of been like, yeah, you guys are over and done. Um, so, uh, next thing here is that Seoul Prosecutor's Office are planning on reopening the actress, um, Jung, um, Jayoung's suicide case. Um, if you don't remember... Jung Ja-young was the actress that starred in Boys Over Flowers. Um, she committed suicide on March the 7th, 2009, and left a letter detailing how she was abused by her manager, um, sexually abused by other high-profile figures in the entertainment industry, and left a list of naming people that was never revealed and there were no names on the list that were revealed to the public. Um, I think there were 31 names of corporate executives, major newspaper representatives, directors. Um, it was seven pages. Um, people that she claimed she was forced to have sex with against her will. Um, the case was initially investigated nine years ago and I think the only people that were indicted were the CEO of Jane Jung's agency and the manager on violence and defamation charges. Um, there are 10 other people that are investigated but not charged. Um, her death was ruled as a suicide and she was follow, um, suffering from depression. There has been um, a kind of resurgence of the Me Too movement, um, gaining momentum in Korea. So. Um, because of that, women's groups have been um, putting pressure on this investigation in particular um, to be reopened. And there was a petition calling on the government to reopen the case. They had um, about 200,000 signatures. Um, so it looks like that they are going to take another look at the case and hopefully actually do something um, about it. Um, actually maybe take a look at some of the other names on this list and actually in, prosecute some people. Um, I remember when this first happened, I was just 
2009, I was just starting to get into K-pop, so that might give you an idea as to how old I am. But, you know, just starting to get into K-pop, Boys Over Flowers was just starting to get really big. And that was one of those things, I think, for some people, like, for fans now, Jung Hyun's death was kind of a wake-up call to some fans. Now, um, Jung Jae-young was kind of a wake-up call to people. They were just getting into um, K-pop at that time. Um, and that was a very nasty wake-up call. I mean, that was it's just a very lurid case and the circumstances surrounding it and the fact that nothing really came of it despite, you know, all of the the evidence and everything that was found surrounding it. So, and I mean, it was sad. I mean, like I said, it was sad. She was part of such a huge show that was on at the time. And the fact that, you know, nothing was able to come out of, you know, the suicide note that she left behind. Um, So I hope that, I hope that they are actually, you know, able to, go after some people on that list. I unfortunately I don't think that her situation is likely not you know, it's not the only one. Um she's probably not the only one dealing with that kind of thing in the entertainment industry given what the industry is like. And if these people were involved in that kind of you know, situation with her, it's, they're probably doing it with other people. Um, so it's, you know, if they're reopening, it's probably for the best if they can catch some of these people and indict them and get them in court. And, you know, hopefully something will be done about it. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the case or were you guys even into Korean entertainment at the time when it happened? I mean, I wasn't into Korean entertainment at the time, but just in terms of what I do know about the case, um, it's uh, obviously a horribly tragic situation, a very sad situation, um, and you would love to see justice for her. Um, fortunately, I think th- there's a lot of things that sort of play into what could be the possible outcome of this reopening. First and foremost, you're talking about 10 years later. Right. And yeah. you're talking about also trying to investigate a case cases involving someone who is now deceased. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're talking about doing it in a country that very recently had an issue with a red velvet member for having a feminist book, ha- who mm-hmm. a country that is just now starting to um, see the the you know, with the whole Me Too movement and everything, a country that just, I think, has a history with, um, well, I mean, every country has a history with um, the way women are treated and the way women are abused and men too. But of course, I think, you know, right now we're talking about, you know, with the Me Too movement, how these things happen with these power imbalances, with these young, talented women and these executives who are taking advantage of them. And... I think it's really good that the case is being reopened. I think that it shows uh, that people are trying to take this more seriously in Korea. Mm -hmm. And um, I would hope to see that sort of trend continue where people who need to be exposed get exposed and people who need to be 
uh, thrown under the prison get thrown under the prison. So I, I think this it's just like a really heart-wrenching story. Um, and you just want you just want to see justice in these cases. And you also want to see a shift in the, in the attitudes and the perspectives of the people who live within that culture. So hopefully this can, obviously justice can be done. Of course, that is kind of slim, if we're being honest, but hopefully at the very least, this sparks a discussion that, you know, furthers the, the Me Too movement and, and furthers the initiative, the goals of that initiative. So yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's a pretty positive thing that this is being reopened. Yeah, you guys said pretty much everything. Um, when you when I first heard the name, I didn't really make the connection. But like as soon as you said "boys over flowers" and you mentioned um, the suicide, I was like, okay, now I know because I mean that was like such a huge deal. And I got into "boys over flowers" like a couple years after it had already been out. So, but I remember reading up on it, like when I was getting to know like the people in the film and it was just like, like you hurt for somebody who, you know, like was following her heart and her dreams and was completely like taken advantage of and abused by the people to the extent where she had to take her own life. And like, as you mentioned, it probably won't, won't come to anything. There's so much time that has passed. And if they didn't care at the time when it was so fresh in people's mind, a lot of times you're not gonna care now. Um, but we can kind of just hope for the future and hope that, you know, some teenager, middle schooler, or high school student trying to get into the business isn't going to be faced with these sort of consequences as well, too, just for, you know, following their heart. Because it's yeah. not fair. It's not fair mm -hmm. at all. And, and, and you know what? Stemming off of that, when we were discussing Luna earlier, um, and just I like I, I know that a lot of them are really really young, um, yeah. and it just terrifies me a little bit when I see the younger idols debuting. Um, I mean, obviously with any idol, it would be scary, but um, just be, to be so young and you're just literally you know starting life and you're following your dreams, you think this is what you want. And if you end up in a situation like that where you're being taken advantage of, or even if it's a situation where, you know, for example, uh, I know um, like the boys from NCT Dream, they yeah. get sexualized so much by like the public. And, and I'm not talking about people who are their age, like, you know, teenagers. I'm talking about grown adults, like looking at them like they're sex symbols. And I know this happens to girl groups a lot as well, where they just, you know, get looked at as pieces of meat and people try to rationalize away anything that happens to them because they say, oh, they did a sexy concept or, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it kind of scares me for these younger people debuting and um, in the female idols in general. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely get what you guys are saying. Korea doesn't have the greatest track record when it comes to this type of thing. And I think that's why so many people have their hopes kind of set on the Me Too movement going on there is that with this new generation of women that are kind of coming up and and um, demanding that these cases be reopened and these things be looked at, you know, maybe something will finally be done. So, you know, like you guys both said, hopefully something good will come out of this. So 
that's that. On a lighter note, um, one 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 <laughs> whatever we wherever we are calling them, yes, um, <laughs> um, are having a U.S. tour for some reason, and um, there is a rumor that they have had to reduce the size of some of their venues. They actually sent out a notice that said, due to unforeseen circumstances, the venues for 101 won the world in Dallas, Chicago, and Atlanta have been changed. Please see the update show venues. Uh, San Jose is not affected. Um, So, Basically, the venues for a bunch of the large, especially particularly the large cities, had to be decreased in size because they're basically not selling the amount of tickets they thought to. So they said, so for example, in Atlanta, they said they had to go from a 13,000 seat venue to a 2,750 seat venue. <laughs> in Dallas, they had to go from a thirteen thousand seat venue to a six thousand three hundred seat venue, and in Chicago, they had to go from an eighteen thousand five hundred seat venue to a four thousand four hundred seat venue. And <laughs> it's funny because I hear you, Jimin, and the netizen comments are probably are just as sad eye worthy. I mean. One of these, I'm just going to read it because it's probably what you were thinking. This is one of the Korean comments here. They're like, they must have thought they have a big international fandom. They should be good to domestic fans first. I wouldn't stand them. So that's That's exactly no. That (laughs) a round of applause for that comment here because you know what? I'm not tired of 101 because I. Here's my thing. This is this is what I don't get, right? They're huge in Korea. Like I'm not gonna deny that. They're they're I mean, you can't. I mean, they're always like number one on something. Whenever, you know, BTS isn't doing something, it's always from what I've seen, one on one. That doesn't translate very well in the Western world. It's honestly, I don't I don't know how anyone could possibly think that one on one would have sold out a thirteen thousand seat venue. They could have. I mean, I'm sure in one of their dates they probably did, but I just don't see it happening in America for them. I don't really know any international one-on-one. In fact, most one-on-one fans that I come in contact with are usually from places like South America or um, Southeast Asia, which are huge K-pop markets. It's nothing like America, like North America. North America, yeah, it's a big K-pop market, but in in proportion to our, like the size of North America, it's not nearly as big as you would go think, you know, in Southeast Asia, of course, or places like that. So I don't know what anyone expected. <laughs> I believe all of the rumors, any rumor about 101, I believe. Um, <laughs> and that, I mean, that's just really what it is. I, I, don't, I can't, are you shocked? Is anybody I, here shocked? I don't even know <laughs> who or what 101 is. But the fact that they decided they wanted to do an arena tour in the U.S. is very... Is BTS even doing an arena tour in the U.S.? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I feel like... I feel like the this. only ones that I think can actually pull off an arena Exactly. Tour. That's my point. Like, if you're talking about yeah. BTS just barely getting their arena tour, 
in the US, what makes you think you can and no one knows you? Yeah, BTS was number one on the two, Hot 200 chart. Where was 101? <laughs> you need to ask yourself that question. And I don't even mean it. I don't mean it in a mean way. I'm just asking the question. Like, you don't, you're not making any sort of impact. Like, nobody knows who you are. Like, you're not Big Bang. You're not BTS. You're not EXO. Like, what are you doing? Maybe if they had just yeah, done it, one show, like, yeah. okay, you want to do a $13,000 suit Aruna? Okay, do it one, do the one show. Or maybe two. Do one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. Because then you'll have, you know what? Like, because they didn't have to change it for all of their tours or yeah. all of their dates. They only had to do it for, like, some of them. So yeah. that means they were probably selling pretty okay in other places. Yeah. So, you know, do one on the East Coast, do one on the West Coast. All your fans will, like, sort of spread to wherever is closest or cheapest. And then yeah, you're good you to go. And then you, you, you can say that you've done it. And you can say that, you know, like, your fans can brag about it to other fandoms and whatever. And, like, right. you know, or no honestly, harm, just no do Like, yeah. do something that you know won't embarrass you in the end. Because <laughs> Have they even done a KCON? I think, I think that so. they are, or else they are doing one this year. I think they're going to be at KCON LA for sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and I just feel like, I guess, I don't really know what they what they were thinking or what they were expecting. I mean, even to, you know, I could see if it was like GOT7 doing something like this. Because as we know with GOT7, they <laughs> may not have, you know, anything going for them in Korea. But they have a really supportive international fan base. Um, but they've also been around for years. They're also like, you know, very entertaining, borderline annoying, depending on who you are. But I like GOT7, so whatever. Um, one-on-one, I feel like is still very new, even though all of, I don't know how to explain. Like, you know how we were speaking earlier, we were like, there's just not anything distinctive about them. No. I think they just feel like every other K-pop band to some extent. Um, yeah, no, they—they're pretty. I would be shocked if they could pull off North America. I would be shocked, like really shocked, because it takes. And I'm not just saying that because I think, oh, you know, North American standards are higher than Korean standards. I'm saying that because I feel like um, if you expect people to like learn a whole other language to get into your music, you have to be offering us something. Yep. Um, yeah. And you're just not doing that one on one. No offense. I mean, you have some. <laughs> some of your music is good, but I I would hesitate to call it a bop. Like, it's not there yet. I mean, and and it probably won't be because you're gonna be disbanding soon. So, why invested yeah. if for a group that's only around for what like eighteen months? Exactly. That's, that's the thing. That's what I don't get is why they didn't just do what you guys suggested because I think that's what Big Bang mainly did as well even though they had some pretty big arenas they did like you said a few shows spread out so their fans had to kind of you know come from afar and congregate in like you know these central like a couple places on the east coast mm -hmm. a couple places on the west coast so you could say oh i filled up this stadium and this you know arena or whatever and you know, have that, you know, and be able to say that as opposed to trying to do all these big cities and big arenas that even like some American artists can't even fill. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I think that's like, 
That's a very profound statement. It really is because like when I think about, you know, an arena tour, I'm not I'm personally not a person that's easily impressed by stuff like that because I mean I stand Michael Jackson and you're talking about someone who only ever performs stadiums. So, <laughs> you know, whatever, it is what it is. But we're just but arena tour tours are still, you know, it's it's a, a milestone in an artist's career. And if artists hear like Chris Brown, no matter what you think of him, it, he, you're talking about someone who's arguably a very big artist, can't feel, do an arena tour one-on-one, you're not gonna do it. It's not in the cards for you. You need to get a new uh, fortune teller, astrologer, tarot card reader, because they're lying to you to tell you that that's possible and that's in your foreseeable future. Cause it's just not, uh, no offense. Yeah, and it's just weird to me because, like, as you mentioned, the bigger markets are South America, Southeast Asia, and they're huge in Southeast Asia. Like, yeah. why don't you try to get go to China, go to Japan, go down to Southeast Asia? Like, just go there, sell out your huge arena tours, and sort of just make as much money as possible. You don't have anything to prove because you're not even Honestly, a real group. what it is, sorry, I hate to say this, I really think it's... It's two things. Number one, it's the North American approval, or yeah. I should say the Western approval. Well, you know, let's just be real. It's the white approval. Yes. And then number two, it's the BTS effect. Because yeah. one thing I noticed is the moment that like BTS was on Billboard, it was all over Korean media. It was just a huge deal. Like, oh my God, like they're breaking America, which they're not, but <laughs> you know, they're doing pretty well, but they're not, I mean, it's not like every person in America is just falling over themselves to, you know, for BTS. But what I'm saying is, is that I think that everybody feels in this like uh, unspoken competition. Like a lot of the boy groups are in this sort of unspoken competition to like, now we got we got to figure out who can like be the next big thing for America. Now that BTS has proven that, you know, they can do you know, chart on Billboard. We got to see this. And I think it's just that white approval. They like it when white people tell them that they're talented and interested in them and and all these things. And I think that that's part of it. It's like, if we can do this, you know, if we set our goals to do this and we actually do it, that means white people like us. Um, yeah. Sorry. I just think that that's just my opinion. People uh, might disagree with that, but... I see the lines there. Yeah, no, that's why I kind of liked what SME is doing with not so much with NCT, but like, you know, the whole BTS thing is like, instead of sort of coming at them as a rival, EXO like went to Dubai and, you know, they're doing the whole Middle East thing. And like mm -hmm. um, Super Junior did Lo Siento and they're, you know, doing the whole South American thing. Like find other means, you know, like you don't need to sort of like, start coming to North America and like doing all these tours in North America. And now like, I just saw pictures of like Monsta X members with the chain smokers. Like you don't need to sort of like compete with what BTS is doing. Cause BTS is right. doing something that BTS is doing, you know, like that's yeah. their lane. Make your own yeah. lane, make build yeah. your own records. Like so many groups, there's so many groups out there that are just doing their own thing, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And once again, one one's only around for eighteen months. Right, it's like not a full time job, guys. At like, the moment. I yeah. mean, they've been extending it. <laughs> they've been randomly extending it ever since they yeah, started. So who knows at this point? But that's you know true. what? That you're right. I do have to commend not 
come in. That's that's very strong. I'm not going to no, do no. that to SM. <laughs> no, I'm, they don't I'm, not, it. I'm never going to let SM feel that they have my respect. But um, <laughs> I have to sort of say that their strategy that I've noticed is a little bit different um, in terms of getting this uh, global recognition. It yep. isn't head on with BTS. Actually, I don't think. Um, but I find that a lot of other companies are, I mean, besides maybe Pledis, because I don't, Seventeen isn't really trying to do that, at least right now. I mean, they haven't, uh, I, I don't know. I got to keep my eye on Seventeen. That's another conversation <laughs> for another time. But uh, SM is not really doing that. And I find that really interesting because they are, let's be real, they are the biggest sort of threat in Korea for other companies. Yeah, than, they're number one. Yeah. So I just find it interesting that that's not their strategy. Their strategy is a little bit different. And I do like NCT's concept, the whole, I don't like the infinite amount of members thing, but I do like the idea that there is a group for everything, if that makes sense. I don't really like the NCT approach mm -hmm. just because, um, like I got into NCT from the very beginning, NCT U, the oh, Seven Cents, iconic. which is still the best song that they've ever dropped. It's ever. actually one of the best songs that most, boy groups has ever dropped like it's quite as talent talent here. It's the second best debut male debut song Top to me in k-pop of probably all time so yeah like <laughs> they, and like there there was this video of this like music critic on like k-pop and he was like how what set that song apart was that it didn't follow trend it created something new and yeah. i thought like yeah. oh my god that is so true because i had not heard anything like that anywhere really and they yeah. were they didn't want to do it. So the fact that they have not gone back to that has you know yeah, hurt me uh, a lot. I easy. feel personally affect, affected by that. And <laughs> like honestly, but, but I love I love Tin so much. I love some of like the guys <laughs> so much that I let it blind me from the fact that, that they've been giving us stuff like Boss and yeah. I mean it's okay, but it's like 2014 Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, and Taehyung does that weird voice that he's not going to be able to maintain for five, like for like more than five years, I don't think. And honestly, like the the concept of all these groups, all these subunits, everybody just sort of like like there has to be some consistency. Like, yeah, if you're that's going to be some differentiation between the subunits. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have subunits, like there's got to be something to like differentiate them from each other like what? they all right? basically just do the same music now i think what i like about what i liked about the subunits originally which i still think the subunits concept can work and it's a decent idea but i think what i liked about it originally is that i could listen to nct and not feel like i like for me i nct dream i respect their talent they're all very talented it's just i i don't i can't get into like the two two kitty I, I mean, nope. don't I love a fun song, but like the chit 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 wing gum. Like I can't. For some reason, I'm just like it's fun, but it's just not for me. But nope. the, the no, sound right. sense was completely different from that, and I was just like, this is for me, and yeah. that's what I like is that there was this clear distinction between this is for the Disney generation yeah. or you know the Disney kids, and then this is for like the you know I'm, I'm Taeyong's age, Taeyong ten. I'm their age, so it's like this is for you know the early twenty something, or you know what I mean. It's yeah. subtle, but it's there. I think. But then, like, okay, you have NCT U, 
which is like it seemed like it was more a like adult contemporary with that like without you song and then it had the seven cents which was like kind of like a mature r&b you know whatever mm-hmm. and then you they introduced one two seven and i'm like okay so one two seven will probably be like the main group because that's mm-hmm. so big and it's like they keep adding and minusing and like who knows what's going on with these members but <laughs> it seems like this year they just sort of dropped all of that and every they they dropped um, with the nct 2018 like whatever the hell is going on here with all the 18 members that they have now okay like the 18 <laughs> like, like I just there's really no consistency like a lot of the members and i think that's my problem and they keep adding people like they keep adding people and i i just can't keep track of these people and i don't yeah. and it's like why should i who knows if they're going to be around for the next comeback you know yeah good point because they did that with 10 they really had yeah. me like i'm just so excited but you know what i think with 10 the solo route is better to be honest. I look at Tim the same way I look at Temi in okay. a weird way. Yeah. No, I think Temi is great with Shiny. That I'm not saying that he's better solo. Um, but I just think that they both have it, if that makes sense. I I think that they both can be great solo artists. And so I'm kind of comfortable with him not being with NCT as much. As long as he keeps doing solo stuff. Okay. Anyway. Uh, back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> so what were we talking about again? We were talking 101. about 101. Okay. So, so basically they should not have thought that they could make those arenas in the first place. Yeah. And we are not sympathetic at all to them being in any way embarrassed no. about any of this. All right. They deserve the endorsement. Okay. I just wanted to be sure on that. All right. So (laughs) um I think that's it. That's all I have for this show. What do you do you guys have anything else that you wanted to mention or Uh, talk about? I think we sort of like talked a lot about a lot of different things and I feel like any any sort of tangent we've got on like needs to have its own episode, you know, like you know, rotational systems. Do they work or do they not work? Like that's <laughs> not, you know. <laughs> they don't. Well, we can to... certainly do that. I mean, we've done it yeah. before, so yeah. also, I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, and you know what though? Um, I actually like had this thought because, like, I'd seen like you know, BTS was breaking a lot of records in terms of music video views, and I started thinking about like the K-pop songs that will be around like ten years from now, mm-hmm. and you know, can you really? correlate that with music video views and so like I, I did sort of like go back and take a look at like how 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 like um the big bang song and like into the new world by Girl, girls generation that that song has 25 million views now that is surprising because girls generations into the new world is like 10 it's a, 11 years old now i think this is their 11th year and that song is still sort of like the hallmark it's just one of the biggest songs in k-pop it's part of their political movements now and it's interesting when you think about how music video views is not really representative of the songs that make impacts you know it's absolutely not because a lot of these especially with the boy groups a lot of these video views are just fans zombie stream yeah streaming and keeping their youtube on a loop for however many hours so that they can 
say that we got however 100 million views, you know, in a day. You know, yeah. it's not indicative of different people clicking, finding the video organically and clicking on it and, and you know, actually discovering the group. And it's, it's the same people. It's not like actual, like, not not actually 500 million people it's like well it's 100 maybe 10 million people streaming it hour how many times you know right i mean yeah that's that's so true because sometimes i found myself like trying to figure out um that same thing like why do so many uh, I mean, obviously, we know why BTS videos have so many views, but it's like compared to like iconic K-pop songs, which I am one of those people who believes that BTS has yet to have an iconic song. That's yeah, controversial. I don't think they really have. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think, don't think a- it is. I mean, they don't really have a song that's really like. When you think of it, it's a like or a ring ding dong, <laughs> like like a song or like Haru like, Haru or whatever. You know, yeah. they don't have. Yeah, they have they have good songs. Yeah, good. And good. They they know their sound very well. Like they're so in tune with the music that they want to produce, and they have the freedom to produce it. So, yeah. like it it has meaning to the fans and it has meaning to them, which is very yeah. important. But yeah. you're completely right. Like they are not going to be able to go to the army and come back and like perform a, a song like "Fantastic Baby." You know, like it's right. not going to have the same impact because like their biggest sort of like closest song to that is probably like "Fire," and that song sounds so like I was nice. thinking <laughs> uh, Yes. So it's like I, I mean, it. I, I kind of don't want to be like. <laughs> Begging on BTS. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, uh, I mean, I, I, I yeah. think that's something that a lot of people recognize. I have a yeah. appreciation for BTS, like over the past couple of weeks, in terms of what they bring to the table. I just, of course, it's very different. I think not music wise, but just in terms of like the content that they put out. They, I feel like, I mean, even to some extent, music wise, because I feel like. You know, I was listening to some of Suga's, like, you know, I guess solo stuff and these different artists or these different, um, the different solo works in BTS. And I feel like they have a level of authenticity about who they are that is, it, don't get me wrong, it's still like that K-pop, like we have an image, but it's more real than yeah, no, I would say it is. Yeah. I like I get that because like I I have listened to Sugar's like solo stuff because he's probably my favorite member. Um, but um, yeah, like as I said, like what they're putting out is is completely on them. I think, and I think also with the content they put out, with they're always giving their fans new videos and like new v vila- lives and like things like that. So they're they're very well oiled machine that puts in a lot of a lot of good work but at the same time like was it dna or like fake love i can't remember which one it is like it hit like 400 million views and i'm just like okay that's i mean it's 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 a record yes but 
you know, 10 years from now, no one, I doubt anyone's going to be performing or even remembering DNA because it's, it's, it doesn't have any impact in the industry outside of the fact that the fans sort of put a lot of energy and money into it, you know? Like, it's it's just a song, you know? And I it, it sort of made me think a lot about music video views and, like, the songs that we're really going to remember. Like, you don't have to be a K-pop fan to know um, I Am The Best. Like, they performed it at... CL performed it at the Olympics and people were like, I don't know any of these people, but I know this song, you know? Um, Nobody by the Wonder Girls was huge. And like, you hear it, you hear the JYP whisper, like, you know what's what's gonna happen next, you know? Um, I don't think these songs that are making this impact right now, like the songs that are getting a lot of views right now are gonna have that same impact in the future. But yeah. we can wait and see, like, five years from now, what people are going to be talking about and looking back on. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll yeah. be interesting to see that with the this whole, like, YouTube generation of streaming. And yeah, that's really changed a lot of the game. So that, that like you said, that'll be interesting to see, like, 10 years from now, you know, how those same artists will fare when they... You know, they're still, I mean, I think it's safe to say that some of those boy groups will still be performing and some of the girl groups will oh, not. For sure. But it'll be interesting to see, like, what what it'll be like. Yeah, for sure. Okay, anything else? Nope. I'm okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good discussion, everybody. Um, like I said, that's all I have for this week. Um, as per usual, you guys can reach us um, at nyanetizens. <laughs> that's nyanetizens at um, Twitter and on Facebook. And not your average netizens at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line, ask any questions, ask us about our giveaway, or participate in our giveaway, um, those are kind of the three uh, communication, um, three ways of best getting in communication with us. And like I said, Twitter and Facebook are our two major um, social um, network portals um, to connect with us. And um, as usual, thank you, Nat and Jimin, for joining me um, for this great discussion. And um, I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Good night. All right. See you guys later. Bye.